The construction industry is undergoing a huge transformation. Designers and contractors are facing new challenges every day. We are all overloaded with rising material cost, a growing skilled labor gap, increasing project complexities, and countless digital solutions. This podcast focuses on innovation through process analysis, change management, and building a culture of continuous improvement. Together, we will learn from industry leaders on how to improve workflows, increase communication, and build the future. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into this week's episode. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Harvison coming to you from the Nika Innovation Overload Podcast Studio, and I'm joined by Tahir Ali and today's special guest, Shannon Tomasco, who is a second-year apprentice. Shannon, we're very excited to have you on and talk to you today. To start off, tell us about your background and how you got into this industry. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very blessed to be chatting with you ladies today. Um, Like you said, I'm a second-year electrical apprentice, and how I got into the trades I had, I was in a job, but I was in a job for a long time that I wasn't necessarily really happy, you know, with, I didn't go home with that, that sense of satisfaction every day. And I really wanted a job that I enjoyed. You spend more time at work than you do at home. So I think it's so important that you find something that you like. At the same time at this, you know, where I'm kind of considering my job at the time, my friend also, my best friend, Matt, purchased a home. He wanted to start some renovations we started tearing down walls. And in this process, you know, of tearing down and rebuilding, we did the bathroom, we did a kitchen, and we refinished in a complete basement. It opened my doors to, you know, a whole new industry that I'd never really considered before. I really enjoyed working with my hands. I had this like sense of accomplishment and such sense of pride. Like when I finished something, I never thought that I would have ever done. I really thought at this time, maybe this is something I could do. And so I, you know, I, I did have a previous background. I went to school for child youth work. So I did have a little bit of research, previous background. So I researched and, and looked out for available programs that may, might be able to help transition women to the skilled trades. So I knew there had to be some. And I found in Hamilton here in Ontario, I found a program through the YWCA here. And it was for, at the time it was machining. I had no idea what a machinist was, but I knew that I, you know, my resume did not particularly cater to what I was looking for. So I thought I needed, I needed something. So I applied to the program, got into the program, completed the program. It did come with like a co-op, co-op at the end. When I finished the co-op, I started a job hunt for a permanent place and I job searched for months. I, I probably, like I handed out my resume to so many different employers and I do think at that time it was a barrier due to, to women. And, and the reason I say that is, you know, I was in business before and, and I'm applying for a machining job. A machining job is very different than electrical. These are fixed locations. These are these are small businesses that probably only have maybe five, 10 employees. That's not a lot. And then here comes, you know, my resume across this desk. And again, small, probably family owned run business. And they see, oh, she's quite qualified but we don't have a female bathroom on our site because we've never had to. This is a $10,000 hire that we can't as a small business afford to hire. So there's a lot of things that business would, would have to do to accommodate a hire such as myself in a small business like that. And the other reason was at the time when I got laid off from my co-op, I was also working with another a female. We, were, we did the program together, the pre-apprenticeship program. And um, her name was Danny. Danny's a pretty known male name. When we both got laid off, she, within the two weeks, had 
five phone calls, three interviews and secured a job where through the six months, I changed my name from Shannon to Shan. I removed all my child youth work experience that I had on there. Anything that kind of screamed female still, you know, face, so I didn't change my email. They'd get to email and be like, oh, Shannon, um, right. Still face some challenges. So um, when a pre-apprenticeship program arrived through the YWCA that was electrical, you know, I just knew that electrical just opens a little bit, you know, so many more doors. Um, you can't quite send my job away to a different country. You can't replace me with a machine who there's a lot of, you know, CNC is replacing a lot of machinists. And so this was something that really intrigued me. And so I applied and um, that's what started my electrical journey that I'm on now. There's so much I want to dig into there. And and Shannon, it's a power to you of how resilient you've been and how you've kind of persevered. And the electrical industry is is very lucky and happy to have you. It's the machinist loss, we'll say. As we talk about innovation and as we talk about how, you know, the podcast is called Innovation Overload because it's such a it's such a buzzword. We're always so busy. There's so much that can be that where innovation can be applied in so many different ways. What does innovation mean to you in your daily life and in your work and how you approach things? Like, how do you find yourself relating to this idea of innovation? Innovation, I think for me, means a lot of things. You know, for me, it's growth, it's development, it's change. You know, for everybody, most careers and in most industries, they have to adapt, you have to change. And, and that is innovation. With electrical, you know, ele- electricity over the decades has changed so much things they used a couple decades ago no you know we wouldn't see anybody installing today there's huge opportunities and challenges i love innovation because it gives you that daily challenge it's like something you know you haven't seen it before so innovation is always adapting so that's what that means to me but i also think like there's also for me at, at work on my day because you said daily on my daily routines how how do i have to be innovative and adapt there's a lot of times that i have to look at a situation and think, how can I work smarter and not harder? Because I don't have the strength that the men have. And so I have to be innovative. Sometimes I have to use the things that are around me to get the job done where the guys might not do that. So every day I'm having to innovate and change and adapt to my environment just because of the challenges and sometimes just environmental challenges, you know, make things different, difficult. That's a great point about having to adapt, especially with innovation. For most people, you have to almost have a mindset, you know, approaching that issue. So for you, how do you approach this? Like, have you always had a mindset of, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to change this. I'm going to adapt. Or did you have to learn it? I love the question because I'm always about positive thinking and you have to approach a situation and be able to laugh at yourself. There's times on the construction site that I look absolutely awkward. You think about a guy with a baby for the first time and and that man looks awkward holding that baby. (laughs) It's his first time. And so I have to go into it and almost be okay laughing at myself. And I I say often to the guys, okay, laugh at this today, but there's going to be a day when I am a professional, (laughs) but let's laugh at this together. And so, you know, you have to have that mindset, positivity. How can we see through this to get an outcome that we both want? And so that mindset is so key with with innovation and growth and just being open to it. You can't change and grow unless you're open to that. Being open to change and growth is is such a a powerful asset. And it's definitely, as you said, this is a career pivot for you coming into the trades and even going through the apprentice programs that you went through. How do you, you know, I'm sure there are moments where as you did your, as you do your daily work, 
there are skills or methods of learning that you maybe grew, grew in other industries or grew in other parts of your life. So what are some of the skills that you've gained that have translated over into your work in the electrical industry? Being in, like a child youth worker and I did business for a long time, I think that really gave me the chance to, you know, see how you can develop culture and how important culture is amongst, you know, a business. We've talked about, I said it earlier, you know, you spend more time at work than you do at home. People will say, I'm, I'm probably, you know, you're always happy, Shannon. Well, yeah, because like I have to live today, you know what I mean? And if I just go through a grumpy and all that kind of stuff, I'm not helping anybody, you know, and I'm definitely not helping myself. And so those kind of soft skills that I got from my previous job of working with people, customer service, there are times when I put on my customer service voice at work. Most certainly, I think we all, you know, have that quick oh, phone that we default. And so those little kind of soft skills, I definitely have carried, carried through. It's made me want to pursue, you know, people ask me, where do you see yourself in the future? Like a little electrical, what kind of passion do you have? And I don't necessarily sit here and, and say, you know, I have a, a crazy passion for nuclear or solar or whatever it might be. My passion's kind of always been people and and that growth and change of people. And I think it's so important that you do have that positive culture, that positive, you know, workspace. And I think it's maybe something that in construction, we're a little bit behind. It is mostly a man's environment. Um, and they've, most of them have been conditioned, trained, you know, just grown to to learn not to talk about feelings doesn't promote positive mental health and a positive culture for everybody. So I'd really love to see myself as as a leader one day in those kind of foreman positions so that I could innovate and make change amongst the entire crew because that's where it starts. It starts at the top and it trickles on trickles down. And how do you change the culture but not be that, be what you, you know, want to see. You know, Shannon, you're the perfect person to ask this. So, I mean, in our industry, it's huge for attracting and retaining talent. And we're constantly doing research on it. We're constantly doing surveys, but you're the perfect person to ask. You're actually in the field and you're in the apprenticeship position. What ideas do you have that or what things do you look forward to in a job? You know, what can contractors do better to attract and retain talent? I think it's really challenging for our construction. I think it's it's really challenging because there's different barriers for us. In my current kind of situation working with the union, I'm working with one company today. I finish that job and then I go to my list and I sit there for a bit until I go to the next job and that's a different employer. So why do you really want to invest in somebody that tomorrow is going to be working for your competitor? So it makes it really hard to say you need to invest in your people because your people are so transient. You know, they're here today and gone tomorrow. So retaining, and that doesn't make it easier to promote that culture that you really want to see. So I think you probably see that more in small businesses that I'm in a union, very different. I'd love to see at some point, you know, the small business side of electrical to see how can you develop this kind of culture amongst your people, because that's how you retain people is you treat them with respect, you empower them, you give them growth and development, you give them opportunities to not promotions, but, you know, there is for different positions and you create an environment that's, you know, welcoming and, and open. And, and I think I hear way too often, way too many stories of just apprentices or people, not just or journeymen being mistreated. That doesn't help you retain your people when, you know, this is the kind of environment that's, that's taking place. And so 
you really need to change that. And I, I think I hear way too often, oh, there's, there's a shortage of skilled trades people. Not enough people are interested in the skilled trades. But I don't think it's an I don't think it's lack of interest. I think it's a retainment issue. I think if you graphs and all those statistics show that there are significant people that drop out of the skilled trades from the beginning of their apprenticeship to the end. You know, why is that? Culture, people's safety, making sure that they're in a safe situation is gonna make a person wanna leave if you don't care about their safety. So that's also culture. So it's so important to um, develop that. I'm not really sure again how to do that other than you know be that leader that trickles out on down so hopefully one day work to a position of leadership myself and just be that example every day on the construction site i think again i probably am too happy for my own good at work but um yes again i have to get through my day i think the the happiness and that kind of that positive mindset is one of the most resilient things you can have and you've given some great examples of what not to do, and even some examples of what to do in terms of when you're looking at your company's culture. Because to your point, one of the the opportunities that uh, you have being a part of the union is that you go to different jobs or you can go to different jobs. And so it's not the traditional mom and pop shop sort of an atmosphere. Therein, there's almost a need to overdrive that culture, overdrive that uh, relationship that you know, even as the business and the work's being done, there's also that people loyalty that keeps, you know, keeps your workers coming back. So what, what, what's an example of a, of a moment in, in your career where you just kind of, you worked on something, you worked hard, and then you felt that reward come in and it just gave you a moment of, Hey, I'm doing the right thing. Like this is, this is something I want to stick around for. Recently at work with the COVID, I, I, told you prior to, to recording night, I, I caught COVID. And so there was some time that I sat at home and this did obviously cause some chaos and confusion at a, our construction site. You know, we take COVID very seriously, you know, when everybody wanted to follow the correct policies and procedures. At that time, there was, while I was off, there was a shift of management foreman's, well, there was a shift. And so I, I actually had a new foreman when I, I returned and I was nervous to have to work for somebody else, not to have to, but to work for, some, for somebody else because I had not done that yet. There was an opportunity for me and my foreman to speak. And I actually got, I cleared the air with him about an experience that happened prior to. So we talked about safety and how important it is. And, and I had a previous general foreman that there was moments I don't feel like you put me in the most safest situations. This gentleman, my foreman at that time, he had to work with me at that time. And so unfortunately, he didn't get to see the, my best side, I don't feel like. And so I had been for months stirring on wanting to have this conversation with this gentleman because I, I wanted to clear the, clear the air. And so this opportunity arise now that he is my actual foreman. We spoke about things and our relationship has ever since grown. I think there was a lot of miscommunication that happened because neither of us had talked to talk to each other directly. We had just been, you know, it's, you know, it's never good when there's a third party telling people two different things. And so I uh, cleared the air and um, it has since opened up so many doors at my construction site. I have now been relocated to, you know, a different portion of the construction site with again, him as my foreman and learning opportunities come with that because I'm, I'm exposed to so much more. So I, it, it's been so rewarding that development of rapport with who is my leader. It was very rewarding to get to now work on kind of, I feel like that was my reward. Like, it, you know, I got to finally move out of one area and into the bigger area. So I'm quite excited about that. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned that you're on a job site. 
and you get to work with all the electrical aspects, which I give it to you because I cannot do that. That is the one thing where I know I'm bad at. In terms of innovation, are there any innovations on the job site that you are looking forward to? You know, is there anything where you're like, wow, this makes my life easier. This was a great innovation. I can actually do my work more efficiently and more safely. Surprisingly, you know, just to touch back on what I said, working with new people gives you that innovation because every single person has different techniques, different tips and tricks. And so, you know, where I I struggled because maybe that's, I don't have that strength or that technique, just being in a different part of the building with a different journeyman watching, I watch him do something and I'm like, like, I just didn't even think about it all. It's so (laughs) smart. They're making me, you know, adapt and grow and change just by watching them. And so I'm actually excited every day to, to go to work just to be able to develop my techniques and to be able to become, you know, more well-rounded as a, as an electrical apprentice. That's amazing. Especially the value of mentorship and the value of learning from, from others is, is so critical. And we do have a lot of listeners who are apprentices themselves, as well as owners and contractors and kind of across the entire space of the electrical contracting industry. So a lot of partners, a lot of different viewpoints and, what I'd love to to kind of hear your perspective on for our our audience is you're as as you mentioned you're you're fairly young in this career you're out there in the field every day you're living through these moments and one of the things that construction is known for is maybe not so much of a a younger more dynamic workforce right it's a lot of very seasoned veterans who are just at the top of their game in terms of their crafts and their skills. But again, you know, bringing these, these younger people into the industry, it takes time. They have a background maybe in digital things and smartphones and electronics, but not necessarily in the trades or working with your hands. So what advice would you give those who are in the industry learning or coming in as, you know, someone with a younger background, but also those who are more seasoned, right? We have a lot of seasoned listeners. We have a lot of young listeners. What advice would you give them on both ends about kind of best practices to, to work together in the way that, that you've found success? I think communication is, is so important and asking questions for your learning process. You know, you need to be involved. You need to ask questions and you need to take initiative for your own learning. Because if you just stand there and watch, they'll let you, some, some of them will let you do that, right? advice that I would give to the younger and the seasoned is just be open-minded because it's so important to have new blood like in the pool because they have different ideas you know sometimes you might you know the older guys you might been do it might have been doing something the same way for so long and the younger guys might actually have some good ideas and so be open and vice versa and I think right now what's even more important the advice to give to the entire community of the younger and, the, and the, the older, I think it's so important right now that we're passing on knowledge. I don't know if we're going to have a skilled trade shortage, but I do think that we're going to have a big knowledge trade shortage when all our seniors start to retire. You know, it concerns me with electrical. There, we, I talked about how there's such a big different range of technology over the years that we don't use anymore. And so for someone like myself who's a new construction I would go into an old house and, and none of it would look familiar to me. So in, unless we start really passing down that knowledge from those, the older guys, 
that have been around for 40, 50 years and have seen the innovation and seen the change and grown with it. So they've just adapted and known we're going to be seeing a huge knowledge shortage as well as a skilled trade shortage shortage because there just won't be around to answer your questions and no one will know. You know, sometimes a book can't answer your question. You need someone, you know, who's troubleshooted, who's lived it and done it themselves. That's a great point. I mean, the actually <laughs> real life example, the house I live in, the electrical box. Apparently it was so old, the guy actually did have to bring in one of his mentors to come in because he was like, I don't even know if you're allowed to have this box anymore. But that was a great example. You know, looking forward, is there anything you're excited for? You know, there's so much tech coming out. There's, you know, so many, especially with alternative energy, EV, solar, wind, all that great stuff. Is there anything you're excited about that you potentially would want to work with or work on? The truth is, I think I'm still too new in my career to be able to say exactly what what I'm really excited about. I've been on the same construction site. Sadly, I haven't had that much exposure to really be able to say what I'm passionate about. Like, I'm really excited about what I'm doing at work today, but I'm the first to, to say I know that there is so much more out there to say I've now found my home and not not have tried anything else would be you know absolutely ridiculous. So. I'm just excited to learn. There's just so much um, in electrical and there's not necessarily a specific area I want to go other than, again, I'd really love to see a culture change and excited to see how that over the next 10, 20, 30 years could, could change. It really is powerful what you're saying about building that foundation, right? You're at a point in your career, you're in your second year of your apprenticeship. You are on one job site, but you're getting to move around and, and gain different perspectives. And I think that's something that's, that's really, you know, it allows you to grow and it allows you to continue to strengthen your foundation. How do you learn about the future, learn about new ideas, learn about, like you said, when you're approaching an interesting problem and there might be one or one or more ways to try and solve it. Where do you, Shannon, go to learn? Again, I think it's so important, the apprenticeship process um, for us. Hands-on learning is so important. Uh, you need to go to work. You need to spend that time hands-on asking questions, making sure that you're participating in your own process as well and being active and present. So where do I go to learn at work every day? And I think it's so important that I also get exposure to so many people for a long time, different journeymen for a long time. You know, I was on one task for a long period of time that exposure to different people. And you asked me briefly, briefly earlier, you know, what is kind of advice that I'd have for a younger person. One of the things that I've learned in my apprenticeship process is be open to advice, even if you think you know how to do it, because maybe that technique isn't for you, but that technique maybe down the future is something that you might need. You know, you might not want to use it every day, but that technique might be crucial. And so sometimes, you know, when I was machining, for example, there's always, there's, I always say there's preference. There's a million ways to get the job done. You know, preference is so important. And every single journeyman wants to pass down his knowledge and take in that, that advice, take in that knowledge, because it is so beneficial for your tool. But I always talk about your tools. You've got lots of tools, but different techniques and tips and tricks are also tools that are, are so crucial as well. That's a, a great point, right? Your tool belt is both mental and physical and um, strategic. Making that tool belt as, as loaded as possible is, is always a good strategy. So let's dive into a little bit. You mentioned another apprentice that you went through your training with and, and going into the co-op with. And, and one of the things that, let's be honest and let's be candid, being a female 
in the field, in this industry is challenging. So what does that look like in terms of, are you able to find mentors? Are you able to build a network? How do you mitigate some of those challenges in your own personal journey? It's a great question because I think that's a big barrier for a lot of women wanting to get into skilled trades because they just feel like you'll be so alone. And, you know, there are a few of us, there's not a lot of us, but when you get onto those social medias and when you get out there to start, there's lots of different committees and different things like that. There's actually a fair bit of women that are in the skilled trades. And so you can, you know, Facebook has tons of groups on every different, like we have an Ontario alone, just an Ontario trades um, Facebook group. And so get out there and go take a look and try to find groups that can provide you that mentorship. And then there's also different organizations. There's, you know, I'm part of this organization, Kick-Ass Careers. It's, you know, an organization that educates and, you know, full of skilled trades workers, both female and male. And we're all on social media and we're there to kind of self-support and, you know, send some, give some guidance if somebody had, has any, or has any questions. So you do kind of have to be proactive a little bit in your own learning and your own cert, but you have to, to find these women, um, but they most certainly are there. And you just got to kind of search them out. That's a, another example of being innovative, right? And, and being proactive in your career. What about for the gentlemen and also the ladies listening in terms of being an advocate, what's something that you would recommend that they consider in terms of advocating for those who might be in, you know, whether it's female or another type of minority position, what would you recommend for, for our listeners so that they can continue to or start to be good advocates? Being open-minded, again, everybody has challenges, struggles, everybody's different in their own ways. You have to be open-minded to those different things. And so to be an advocate, you have to kind of walk the walk. So, you know, start within yourself. It's really important that you then support your kind of brothers and sisters on the team, right? So that you can always advocate for your fellow brothers and sisters when times arise. And there, there are moments when we need to support each other on the construction site. And so, you know, whether it's just, maybe it's a safety issue or whatever it might be, we, we need to stick together and advocate for each other. And then you can even go even further. Again, there's tons of organizations out there that are trying to make a difference and promote the skilled trades. If you want to be an advocate and you really want to make a difference, then share your craft, share your trade, inspire others let them try, bring them on over to your house, maybe, and maybe let them try your own craft to see if it's something that they'd like, because that's the only way that you can really know if you like something is to try. That makes so much sense, especially from the standpoint of this is maybe a career path that not a lot of people know about. So getting them involved, giving them the ability to try is a great piece of advice there. So Shannon, as we, as we kind of wind down, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about innovation and culture and mentorship and how to problem solve and how to kind of find your tribe and be a tribe elder, let's say for other people. So what's one call to action or one takeaway that you would have for our listeners? Just if, if, if you had to sum everything up, what do you want to share or impart from your own experiences with our audience? I really think today we often get way too much, you know, caught in our social media and our phones. And, you know, to go back to what I just said about trying, I think it's so important that we try things. Um, in a lot of my kind of talks to youth or young people, I talk about confidence and how do you build confidence? Well, confidence is built by competence. It's about taking that little sippy cup the first time, but it, oh, you spilled the second time you do it and you're successful, you build a little bit of confidence. And so the only way you can be confident is by trying. And way too often, we just don't even 
give it a go. And so my little last bit of wisdom or call to action is get out there. If a friend, family member, or someone you know, get, especially with skilled trades, I guess, is working on something, go, go see what they're doing, ask questions, be proactive, get involved, and just try it. You never know. I love that. Can't hurt to try. And I definitely agree about the confidence. Thank you so much, Shannon, for being on the show with us today. And thank you for your insights. For all of our listeners, feel free to reach us at innovation.nikanet.org with any questions or comments. We look forward to hearing your view of innovation and the challenges ahead.